Well, we are uh, starting a brand new series today, and so if you're here for the first time, you picked an amazing time to be here because you're here at the start of something, not in the middle of something. We're starting a brand new series called From the Bucket, and uh, this series is called From the Bucket because um, the way that I write sermons, see, sometimes people say, how do, how do you come up with what you come up with? How do you, how do you develop that? Um, do you just make it up on the spot? I don't. I, I wish I could. It'd be a lot less work for me, um, but what I do in my process is, is I think through the whole year. Like I'm a, I'm a planner, I'm a type A personality. Uh, and so I have this Excel spreadsheet where I just think through what are, what are the topics and the sermons and the series that I'm gonna preach through for the whole year. So this entire year is already planned out. So everything's already planned out. And then, and then I come through all these different things, uh, these series, these topics, I, I, I label them, I, I name them, I plan around them. But then there's some times where it's just like, man, there's, there's this moment where like, this isn't really a series, but I just want to preach on a bunch of different things that, that d- don't relate with one another. And that's this series, From the Bucket. See, see in my process, what I do is, um, as I live life, go about things, um, I'll see an interaction, or I'll hear about something, or I'll be inspired by something. And so I'll just go to my computer, and I'll make a little document um, with all these different ideas, and then I'll save it in uh, a folder on my computer, and I call these buckets. So I'm just dropping stuff in the bucket, and then I let the bucket fill up, and then from there I get all the content that I'm going to preach from, and I'm like, this is a sermon right here. So what I'm doing during this series is I'm going back to the bucket in my uh, little folders, seeing what are some of the notes and some of the things that I've, I've, I've seen. I said, man, that's a sermon, and i got to present that to some people. So that's what this series is from the bucket. It's just a bunch of random things. Uh, but today, the thing I want to talk to you about is the most dangerous word in the English language. And it's a word that uh, you and I have in our vocabulary. It's a word that we use on a regular basis. We use it often. And when we use this word, what it does is it prevents us from living out the full potential God has placed in us. When you and I use this word, the most dangerous word in all the English language, it sidelines us so we simply settle for living less than God's best for our lives. And the word that I'm talking about is found in the Old Testament book of Exodus chapter 8. It's Exodus chapter 8. Now, before we read it and I, and I share with you what the word is, I want to give you some context on what's happening in Exodus chapter 8. So this takes place about 3,500 years ago in the nation of Egypt. And what's happened is the, the people of Israel, about a million people, are enslaved in Egypt. They've been enslaved for 154 years. And they've been crying out to God. God, would you free us? Would you deliver us? And God seems silent to the people of Israel. But while Israel is crying out to God, God, free us from Egyptian captivity, God isn't silent, God isn't um, inactive, but God is actually speaking to their answer. He's speaking to Moses. So the people of Israel are crying out, God, save us, redeem us, and they're not hearing anything from God. The reason is because God is speaking to Moses, and he's trying to convince Moses to say yes to the call God has on his life so that he can be the one to go deliver the people of Israel. By the way, I just want to stop and point out, there are some people who are waiting on you to say yes to the call of God in your life so that they can be freed, so that they can benefit, so that they can be redeemed. There are some kids that you have in your influence, in your sphere of influence, kids in your family, they're waiting on you to say yes to the call God has on your life to rise up to be the best dad that you can be so that they can have the dad that you never did. By the way, this is a church, uh, if, if uh, you're just coming in and you're not sure, this is a church where if I say something that's good, you can respond. Yeah. 
okay? <laughs> Don't leave me up here on this stage all by myself. But there are some people in your life who are waiting for you to answer the call of God on your life so that they can live the life God has called them to. Your wife is waiting for you to be the husband he's called you to be so that, so that she can stop praying about you and begin praying with you. Are you with me? So, so God is speaking to Moses, and he's saying to Moses, I want you to go set these people free. They're waiting on Moses to say yes. Moses doesn't say yes, they're not set free. Don't, don't let people wait on you to do the thing God is calling you to do, because they're depending on you. You've got to rise up. You've got to stand up. So, so what happens is Moses eventually says yes, and, and God says, okay, go to Pharaoh and tell him, I'm going to bring about these 10 plagues in Egypt. And it can stop any time. But what I want Pharaoh to do is let my people go. So Moses says, okay, I'll go do that. He goes to Pharaoh and he says, Pharaoh, I want you to let the people of Israel go. And Pharaoh declines the invitation that Moses gives because if he allows his slave labor in Egypt to go, then he's out free labor. He, he's out. And so he says, no, I'm not, I'm not going to let the people of Israel go. And so Moses says, okay, have it your way. There's going to be some plagues that, that come about until you make the decision to say yes to letting them go. And so the first plague comes about. It's this plague of blood. What happens is uh, all the, the water in Egypt turns to blood. Uh, the Nile River turns to blood. But then the scriptures say that Pharaoh's magicians turn the water to blood as well. I mean, it's not very impressive when you already have blood in the water. It's like, we did it too, <laughs> right? It's, uh, it's like, look, my thumb is, it, 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 it's just not a good magic trick. So Pharaoh says, you know what? That's not really a sign from God. I'm not letting the people of Israel go. And then comes the second plague. And this is the plague that I want to draw our attention to. It's the plague of frogs. And it's found in Exodus chapter 8, starting in verse 1. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, this is what the Lord says. Let my people go so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I'll send a plague of frogs on your whole country. The Nile will teem with frogs. It will come up into your palace and your bedroom and into your bed, into the houses of your officials and on your people and into your ovens and kneading troughs. The frogs will come up on you and your people and all your officials. And then the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron... Stretch out your hand with your staff over the streams and canals and ponds and make frogs come up on the land of Egypt. So Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt and the frogs came up and covered the land. But the magicians did the same things by their secret arts. They also made frogs come up on the land of Egypt. So, so here we have a frog problem. Pharaoh has a frog infestation. There's frogs all over the nation of Egypt. And so there's, there's frogs following people. There's frogs around people. There's frogs everywhere they go. And so if you want to sit down, you got to move frogs out of the way. You're kicking frogs out of the way as you're walking. The frogs are in uh, people's living rooms, in their bedrooms, in their, in their kitchen, in their oven. They're in their bed when they're laying in there with their wife trying to go to sleep. Right? So there's frogs all over the place. There's a frog problem. And Pharaoh says, this is enough. I can't deal with it anymore. So he summons Moses. He says, Pray to the Lord to take the frogs away from me and my people, and I'll let your people go to offer sacrifices to the Lord. Pharaoh says, okay, Moses, I'm done with this. We need help. So can you pray that God would remove the frogs? Moses says, okay, no problem. He says, I leave to you the honor of setting the time for me to pray for you and your officials and your people 
that you and your houses may be rid of the frogs, except for those that remain in the Nile. So Moses says to Pharaoh, hey, listen, God is able to remove the frogs. God wants to remove the frogs. He desires to remove the frogs. And I'm going to allow you to set the time for me to pray when the frogs are going to be removed. And then Pharaoh says the most dangerous word in all the English language. He says, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Pharaoh says to Moses, pray that the frogs will be removed tomorrow. Listen, this is the most ridiculous response in all of scriptures. Because frogs are all over the place. It's a frog infestation. And Moses is saying God is able to remove the frogs. He's willing to remove the frogs. He desires to remove the frogs. He wants to remove the frogs. So let me know when you want the frogs to be removed. And Pharaoh chooses to spend another night with the frogs. He says tomorrow. The answer is right now. Can you pray right now to remove the frogs? But he doesn't do that. Instead, he says the word you and I say all the time. Tomorrow. How about you come back tomorrow? Because I'm going to choose to live another night with these frogs. And listen, I didn't wake up this morning and drive to a skating rink to give you a history lesson or uh, postulate and speculate as to why a pharaoh 3,500 years ago chose to sleep another night with his frogs. But I do want to ask you this morning, what are the frogs that are in you, on you, and around you? The frogs that are following you, the frogs that are destroying your life, the frogs that are wrecking you and ruining you. And God is saying, I want to remove the frogs from your life. I'm willing to remove the frogs from your life. I'm able to remove the frogs from your life. And you show up to church week after week, month after month, and you're saying, God, I want to be whole. I want to be free. Tomorrow. 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 See, this is, this is the most dangerous word in all that English language because we often say tomorrow and yet tomorrow never comes. Tomorrow becomes the next day and the next day and the next day. And so we say, I know I'm in this relationship and I know that we're having sex before we're married and, 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 and I want to live for God. I want to do the right thing. I want to pursue purity. I really do. I want to pursue purity. I'm going to set boundaries. We're going to have a godly relationship but we're going to do it Tomorrow. Tomorrow. I know I'm drowning in debt, and I know that I have uh, all these credit card payments, and I know I have the student loans, and, 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 and I want to get free. I'm, I'm going to create a budget. I'm going to get on a plan. I'm going to do things differently with my money, and I'm going to do it tomorrow. Tomorrow. Hey, I know I have an extra glass of wine every night, but look, it's a really tough season for me right now, and so I need this. If you knew what I was going through, it'd be okay. Look, I, I'm, I'm not... Uh, I'm going to drink wine, but I'm not going to drink the extra glass every night like I have been doing just to get me, because, and I'm going to stop doing that tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Hey, I, I've, 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 like my, my life is just kind of falling apart, or I, I feel like there's something missing, there's a gap. I want, to, I want to get back involved in church. I want to get my family back in church, and I hear the stories of people serving and giving and being in groups, and I hear about the things that are going on, and I want that. I'm going to make it a priority for my family. I'm going to make it a priority for my life. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to start serving. I'm going to get in a group. I'm going to get to know some more people. I'm going to make church. I'm going to make God more of a priority tomorrow, tomorrow. See, so often you and I know the things we should do, but we put it off till tomorrow. We have this um, propensity to put things off till the next day. Do you know what that's called? 
procrastination. Procrastination. We procrastinate on doing the thing that we know we should do. And I love this ad that Nike created where they capture so well our propensity to procrastinate. Check this out. Don't worry. I'll do it tomorrow. I promise. Tomorrow I'll start taking care of myself. Okay, that's it. Tomorrow I'll call in. I'm going to fix it. Today's not a good day. Can we make it tomorrow instead? I'm so excited about this book. I'll definitely start it tomorrow. Tomorrow. I'm going to show her how much I love her. I'm sure tomorrow I'll fix that. And that too. Starting tomorrow, I'm going to exercise every day. Tomorrow, I will start doing all of those things I always say I will. Yeah, yesterday you said tomorrow. Well, hey, newsflash, today is the day of tomorrow. And the question is, will you do the thing you said you were going to do, or are you going to push it off again to the next day? Are you going to live another night with the frogs another day? See, it's so crazy. Like, like we're a paradox kind of people. We're, we're the kind of people who we live in an instant society. We, we live in an instant culture. We know what we want, and we want it now, right? Donald Miller, he's the author of books like Blue Like Jazz, uh, A Million Miles in a Thousand Years, um, uh, Through Painted Deserts, these really great books. And one of the things that Donald Miller says is this. He's, he said, we live in an instant society. And if we don't get cheap crap quick, we melt down, right? And you've experienced this. I mean, you're at Walmart, and, and God forbid you got to go through the, the actual line where they got to ring you up, and you're looking through the lines, and you're wondering, why do they only have three lines open, first of all? Second of all, which one is shorter? Which one can I get through faster? Or maybe you're like me, and you're like, forget the line. I'm just going to self-checkout. And then you're there like, do you guys know how to run a self-checkout? Do you know how to check things out? Just scan it and go. Come on. right? See, if we don't get it quick, we freak out. We're the kind of society where if, if I don't have it, but I want it, I can just make payments on it. And so I want this car now, but I don't have the money for it, so I'm not going to save up and pay for it with cash. I mean, that would take a long time. And by the way, who does that? So instead, what I'll do is I'll just lease the car because I want it. Now I need a new car. I don't know if you remember when Amazon Prime came out. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. But when Amazon Prime came out, they guaranteed two-day delivery. That was like mind-blowing. That was revolutionary. Now two-day delivery is just like... Are you kidding me? I gotta wait two days for my stuff? Now's a long time. Now I can order stuff on Amazon Prime. I can get it that day. We, we live in a society where you can go to the bathroom and get on Uber Eats and have them deliver toilet paper to you while you're still on the toilet. This is the kind of society we live in. I want it now. And if I don't get it now, I'm freaking out. And so we want it now. We're an instant society. Except when it comes to doing things that are really important, except for when it comes to inconvenient things, except for when it comes to doing things that are really uncomfortable and difficult, except for when it comes to really changing and transforming our life in those instances. Well, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know it's really important. And look, I've been looking into marriage counseling for the past several months, but you know what? We're, we're going we're gonna to go to marriage counseling tomorrow. And that turns into the next day and the next day. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know what? I'm convicted. I'm going to, because I've been, I, I put on 20 pounds during 2020, and I need to get rid of that. I'm finally going to, 
It's been two years of tomorrows. Tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. And so we live in this society where we want it now. We're instant. We're given to me now. But we push things off till tomorrow, the things that are important and vital for our success and our progress and our growth. The reason is because it's, it's difficult. It's hard. It's, I mean, th there's all kinds of reasons for this. Well, one is, I think sometimes we say tomorrow about things because we're afraid of the consequences of living frog-free. Here's, here's what I mean. I don't know if you, if you caught it. In, in Exodus chapter 8, verse 8, it says this. Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron, and he said, Pray to the Lord to take the frogs away from me and my people, and I will let your people go to offer sacrifices to the Lord. And so Pharaoh says, hey, pray that God would get rid of the frogs. And when that happens, I'm going to allow your people to go free. And Moses says, this sounds really great. When do you want to do it? He says, tomorrow. The reason is because Pharaoh knows that once he's frog free, he also loses his free labor. And so if I'm frog free, I got to let these people go. So you know what? I will live with the frogs one more night for 24 hours of free labor. He's afraid of the consequences. I do this all the time. Well, I know, I, I, I know I'm, I'm dating this guy and, and, and he's a jerk and we're not going to get married and, and things aren't really going to go anywhere, but you know what? I, I think I'll just stay with him until somebody better comes along because I'd rather be with him than be alone. I'm afraid of the consequences of frog-free living. Yeah, I know I'm negative and I know I'm pessimistic and stuff, but, but when I do that, I get attention. People listen to me. People give me sympathy, and they're there for me. And so, yeah, I'd rather be negative and pessimistic because I'm getting the attention that I long for, even though it might not be the attention that I need. Yeah, 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 yeah. So oftentimes we're afraid of frog-free living because we're afraid of the consequences. And so I know, I know, I hate this job, it's a dead-end job, I'm not finding any life in it, but it pays the bills, and you gotta pay the bills or else I'll be out on the street. See, Pharaoh, I think he said, hey, come back tomorrow, because he was afraid of frog-free living consequences, what comes with that? Sometimes we just settle. Sometimes we, we say tomorrow on things, not because we're afraid of frog-free consequences, but because we just feel like we're so busy, right? Like, I know I need to get to it. I know I should. I I, I'm going to change. I'm going to make it happen. It's gonna, I'm going to do it tomorrow. I just got so much stuff right now. And we say, it's just a really busy season in my life. I mean, this season is so busy. But the problem, come on, come on, because you've done this, you've lived this, you've experienced this. The problem is this busy season stretches on from summer to fall to winter to spring to five years from now. That's not a busy season, that's a busy life. And we build a life that's so busy and we're freaked out, we're frazzled, we're frenetic, we don't know what to do. And we say, when things calm down then, but the thing is, you're in charge of your life and you get to say when they calm down. So a question I would ask you is like, when is your Sabbath? When is your day off on a weekly basis? Oh, there's no way I could take a day off. I got so much going on. Chick-fil-A takes a day off every week. They lose out on millions of dollars every week because it's important. It's vital. They understand the importance of it. So sometimes we just say tomorrow because we're so busy. There's no way I can do it. I just can't. Here's, here's how I've come to discover that that's a lie. Back in 2021, 
So last year, um, my wife and I, and then Dave, who was up here hosting, uh, we did this thing called 75 Hard. And uh, 75 Hard is like a mental toughness and discipline program. Um, and the idea behind 75 Hard is this, it's 75 days straight where you do two workouts a day. One of them has to be outside. Both workouts have to be separate. They can't be back to back. So two 45 minute workouts, one has to be outside, one has, uh, and then they're both separate. You gotta read 10 pages of nonfiction every single day. You gotta drink a gallon of water every day. You gotta take a progress picture every day. You gotta pick a diet and stick to it every day. And then you gotta go without alcohol for 75 days. So I looked at that and I thought, there's no way that I can do that. I mean, they're going without alcohol, oh my goodness. And then two workouts a day, where am I gonna fit two workouts a day in my schedule? And then 10 pages, like, there's no way I could do it. I can't do this. But I did it, because I needed to. I did it because I said, I can't do this. I'm not able to make this happen. And here's what I found out. When we went through 75 hard, first I went from 180 pounds to 160 pounds. I lost 20 pounds in 75 days. My abs started to show, right? I read five books in those 75 days. And then I discovered more than all that, I discovered that I was capable of doing way more than I thought I could. Because here's the deal with 75 hard. If you mess up on one day, you don't read all 10 pages, you skip a workout, you cheat on your meal or anything like that, you start back over to day one. And so we went all 75 days without starting over. And what I discovered is I was more disciplined than I thought I was. I built that discipline. What I discovered is that I was capable of way more than I thought I was capable of. What I discovered is that I had way more time on my hand than I thought I did. The problem with so many of us when it comes to busyness is not that we're so busy, it's just that we mismanage our time. And so when I gotta do two 45 minute workouts, I gotta figure out how to do that, which meant I developed a habit of waking up early in the morning. Because if I didn't wake up in the, or early in the morning, I wouldn't have been able to succeed. When, when, when I didn't feel like doing something, I, we did it anyway. There was a time my wife and I did a 45-minute walk out in the snow because we had to do an outside workout, and we weren't starting over. So we went through this, and we discovered we were more capable of things than we thought we were. And also through this process, my BS meter is on high alert because I was making excuses all the time. I was given BS excuses all the time, and now when I hear it and I see it in other people, well, I'll try, maybe I'll, you know, sometimes I just don't say anything, but then sometimes I'm like, yeah, try, maybe, you can't, because why? Well, how, how about you just do it? How about you just give it a shot? Not everybody likes that, because then it's, well, I'm real busy. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. It's dangerous. So sometimes we say tomorrow, because we're afraid of the consequences of living frog-free lives. Sometimes we say tomorrow because we feel busy and oftentimes just mismanaging our time. But sometimes we say tomorrow because we get comfortable with the frogs. We get comfortable with the frogs even to the point where we start defending them. And so look, I, I know the frogs are ruining my life. They're wrecking my life. They're everywhere I go. I gotta move them aside to walk. I gotta move them to sit. I mean, our, my sleep habits are not that great because the frogs are in the bed. But you know what? Their, their croaking is, is kind of soothing, and it lulls me to sleep. And so, so maybe I could live with the frogs another night. Maybe I could. You know, I mean, they're not that bad. I mean, some of them are cute, and some of them are. Sometimes we, start, we get so comfortable with the frogs that we begin to justify them in our life. Right? 
And so I know, look, here, come on. I mean, everybody has sexual urges. And so for me, I just got to, sometimes I need to have my needs met. And so I look at pornography. And so what's the big deal with that? It doesn't hurt anybody, right? It's not, we justify and make excuses. We cozy up next to the frogs and we begin to defend them. Well, if you knew the way that she treated me, if you knew the way that she talked to me, that's why, look, I know, I'm a grown man. I can do what I want to do. I can live my life how I want to live. And so she just needs to get on board with that. And she's not. And so, nah. We have reasons. We have excuses. We have justifications for why we live with the frogs. Right? Look, I know I know. I party on the weekends a lot, and sometimes I, I drink a little too much, but if you knew the job that I had, man, I'm rewarding myself. I made it through the week. I owe it to myself to forget the weekend, so don't tell me about... We just justify. We come up with reasons and even begin to defend the frogs in our life. And there's all kinds of other reasons why we tend to live with the frogs another day, why we say tomorrow, why we don't actually make a change. Sometimes it's because we're lazy. Sometimes it's because our priorities are out of whack. And so we're, we're choosing things that aren't as important. I, I mean, I know I should be on work, but I've only been scrolling through these reels for like 45 minutes. So I've only been scrolling through TikTok for like 45 minutes. And so I just... Sometimes we just have our priorities out of whack. But I, I wonder if maybe one of the reasons why you say tomorrow is because you feel like you can fix it on your own. See, Pharaoh may have said tomorrow because he was afraid of frog-free consequences. He may have said tomorrow because he just felt busy. He had all these new problems now to deal with with all the frogs. Maybe he said tomorrow... Um, because he was getting kind of comfortable with the frogs. But I wonder if maybe Pharaoh said tomorrow because he was wondering if he could fix it on his own. I mean, after all, the magicians produce frogs, right? And if the magicians produce frogs, maybe the magicians have a solution to get rid of the frogs. And so, so hey, Moses, I've been, I've been thinking, and I got some frog extermination ideas. I'm going to try those first. And if that doesn't work out, then come back tomorrow, and then we'll go to God. I wonder how many of us in our life See the mess in our life, see the wreck in our life, see the, the despair, the, and we just say, I got this. I got this. I, I can handle this. I can take care of this. I can fix this. I can make this happen. But can I just interrupt your regularly scheduled program on a Sunday morning and let you know you've been trying to fix it for a long time. That's why you are where you are. You've been trying to do it on your own for a long time. And that's why you are where you are. I wonder if Pharaoh just tried to fix it on his own, and then he said, okay, now I'll try God. For some of you, this is your now I'll try God because you came into church like, I don't know what else to do. And I'm glad you're here. You're in the right place. Because the truth is, if you could fix it on your own, you wouldn't need God. None of us would. That's why we're here. We're here because we need God. We're here because we realize maybe something that you're realizing now is that I can't fix it on my own. No matter how hard I try, no matter what I do, I can't do it on my own. That's why I need Jesus. 
That's why I need to make him the leader of my life. I don't know if you've ever made that decision to say, Jesus, I want to make you the leader of my life. See, the way that we do that is by saying, Jesus, I believe that you died for me on the cross, that you rose again from the dead. And because of your death and resurrection, I can be forgiven. I can have life. And I want to make you the leader of my life by being baptized into you. When we accept Jesus, we say, I believe you died for me on the cross. I'm going to live for you, making you the leader of my life. And I'm going to enter into a relationship with you in baptism. And we're immersed in water. And when we come up, we come up a brand new creation. Our sins are forgiven. Our wrongdoing is, is released. Uh, the guilt and the shame and the remorse that we live with is no more because Jesus paid for that on the cross. And then God's spirit comes to live inside of us. And he leads us and guides us on this journey that is life. So I don't know if you've ever made the decision to say yes to Jesus. On June 26, we're doing baptisms. There's four people who are going to get baptized on June 26. My hope is that that number increases because maybe you're one of them. And so we're going to do this baptism pool party. It's going to be fun. We're going to do cookout, um, hang out in the pool afterwards, and so you'll get to like swim in holy water. It's not holy. But, um, so we're just going to have fun and, and hang out and celebrate this, this life choice, this decision that people are making to be raised from death to life. And I want to invite you, if you've never made that decision, to scan the mother of all QR codes that we have at the Connect area. There's a form on there for baptism. Fill that out. Let us know, man. We want to get in touch with you and talk to you about making that decision. See, when I first became a Christian, if people asked me, um, hey, why do you believe in God? Uh, I, I would point to the evidence. Well, well, I believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the dead because of the evidence, the historical evidence that there, that's there. There's, there's evidence for God's existence. There's evidence that Jesus was who he said he was. So I would point to the evidence because I know that what I believe is real. But now if you ask me, hey, why do you believe in God? Why do you follow him? I'd say, because I have to. Like, I need him. Like, if I don't have him, I'm going to make a mess of this whole thing. My whole life is going to be a wreck. I follow him. I believe in him. I trust him. He's my leader because I need him. I've tried to do it on my own. And I made a mess of it. I wonder if maybe you say tomorrow in your life you put things off. You refrain from coming to God and saying, yes, I'm going to go all in with you. Because you feel like... Maybe I can figure it out on my own. So I don't know where you are today with all of this, but I want to I give you a, a couple things to do as a result of this. One is decide today to stop putting off for tomorrow. Decide today to stop putting off for tomorrow. Because the life you long to live, the more you long to discover, you discovering the more you were made for only begins when you do today what God is calling you to do, which is to rise up, to be patient, to be kind, to say no to that thing, to get rid of that addiction, to come clean, to, to embrace the life God is calling you. And it begins by saying yes to Jesus and being baptized into him. But decide today to stop putting off things for tomorrow. Because when you do today what you need to do, you'll begin to live the life you long to live tomorrow. Right. Your actions today lead and build the life you want to live tomorrow. Uh, I'll say it this way. Most people exist in today, but live in yesterday. And they never step into the tomorrow God has for them because they refuse to act today. 
I'll say it again. Most people exist in today, but they live in yesterday. Who I was, what I did, my faults, flaws, and failures then, and they shape who we are. And they never step into the tomorrow God has for them because they refuse to act today. So let me ask you, what it is that you need to do today? What do you need to do today? Do you need to forgive somebody? Because you've been holding a grudge for a long time. You've been holding the bitterness. Do you need to finally forgive somebody and say, hey, you did this thing five years ago and I've been living with that. I've been carrying that around with me for the past five years, but I'm not holding that against you anymore. Forgiveness is not saying what you did is okay. Don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. But it's saying I'm not going to hold that against you anymore because when I forgive, I set someone free and it's me. And so you've been wrecking the past five years of my life because it's been living in my mind. The bitterness has been grabbing onto me. The frogs have been all around you. But I'm not going to let you control another day of my life, and so I'm forgiving. Do you need to forgive somebody? What do you need to do today? Maybe, maybe you need to apologize to somebody. And you need to put some steps in place today to change so you don't wrong them again. Do you need to confess something to someone? Do you need to begin a, a journey of healing and setting up boundaries to prevent ever crossing that line again? Do you need to go back to school? Do you need to stop going to school? Do you need to start working on your future career so that you can leave your day job and live your dream job? Do you need to break up with somebody? Don't look at them. And don't do it right now. Do, do it today. Do, do it later today. But don't wait till tomorrow. You've been waiting till. Do you need to break up with somebody? Do it. Because you know the relationship isn't good. Do you need to go to marriage counseling? Do you need to create a budget? Do you need to cut up the credit cards and get on a plan? What do you need to stop putting off till tomorrow and begin to do today? I wonder perhaps for you it's, it's getting involved in the local church. See, the church is a gathering of people who are on a mission. And this mission becomes a movement. I wonder if for you, maybe you need to make the step today to get involved in this movement that is the local church. Because here's the deal, you can sit on the front row of a move of God and miss it because you're not involved, because you're not engaged. What we do here on a Sunday morning is a service where we want to introduce people to God, but this service happens because people just like you have gotten involved. They said, I'm going I'm to make a difference. I'm going to set up. I'm going to be in a group. I'm going to give. I'm going I'm to not just make church a chair where I sit, but I'm going to get involved and make things happen. And you can come up with all the excuses. I'm busy. I know. Busy people set up everything you see today. They did. Maybe, maybe you say, well, well, I got some personal issues going on. That's cool. No problem. You were greeted by people at the door with personal issues. They got, they got personal issues, but they're still serving. I was going to say that your kids are being watched with people with personal issues, but I didn't think that would go over well. So those people are perfect, okay? Those are the only perfect people here. So don't worry about that, okay? But, but here's the deal. You can come up with every excuse in the book, everything you want to say. Well, I can't. I'm, I'm afraid I don't have time. I'm busy. I don't have it all together. I got it. None of us do. But we've said we're going to take a step and press in to be a part of the move of God here in the local church so that people can meet Jesus and journey with him. If you have not taken the step to begin to serve, to get in a group, to meet other people so the people on your row aren't strangers, but people you get to know and, and begin to share life with, 
If you haven't made the decision to, to start giving, I want to invite you to do that today. Don't put it off till tomorrow. Some of you have been coming for weeks. Oh yeah, it's really good. I'm going to get involved one day. Today's one day. Today's the day. So what do you need to do? Do you need to say yes to Jesus and be baptized into him? If so, uh, fill out the form that we have through the mother of all QR codes. And actually, let, let's put that up, can we? Fill out the form that's on the mother of all QR codes about baptism. If you need to serve, sign up and serve and get involved and get to know some people, you can do that here. You can sign up for a group here. Anything you need to do to get involved and take a step, you can do here. And I want to encourage you, don't, don't put it off till tomorrow. Don't put it off till tomorrow. Do it today. Because today is the day. Today is the day for you to make the decision. Today is the day for your breakthrough. Today is the day to finally forgive. Today is the day to lay down the bitterness. Today is the day to sign up to serve. Today is the day to sign up to get in a group. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of restoration. Today is the day of resurrection. It is today. Don't put it off till tomorrow like you've been doing. It's time to live in today. As long as you say tomorrow, you'll never discover the more you were made for. But when you step out into today, that's when you'll see who God is calling you to be. And you'll begin to live that life you've always longed for. What we're going to do right now is we're going to take a moment to take communion. And um, I want to invite you to just, just pause before taking it. I want to explain it real quick. Um, on your chairs, there's, there's cups. And in those cups, are juice. It reminds us of Jesus' blood that was shed for us. And then there's a cracker. It reminds us of Jesus' body that was broken for us. And so I want to invite you, just in a moment, as we play some music behind you, just to sit in silence, to go to God and just ask, what do you want me to do today? What do I need to do to step into all of who you've called me to be? Would you help me do that? Would you help me do that? God, I want to thank you so much for your grace and your mercy and your love. Man, so many of us have been living with the frogs for so long. We've been defending them. We've been afraid of what life might look like without the frogs. Some of us, we've been settling, thinking, well, there, I can't. I mean, this is just how life is. We've put so many things off. But no more. No more. We want marriages that thrive. So we're committed to make that happen, to do what we need to do. Because we don't live with the frogs another day. We want kids who are a joy to be around, kids who are growing into the people you've called them to be. And so we're not going to abdicate our responsibilities in parenting anymore. Yeah, it's harder. It's more difficult. We're going to love them. We're going to point them in the right way. We're going to step up. God, we've been putting ourselves down. Some of us, we look in the mirror and we think, are we even good enough? Do we even have what it takes? We've been living in this place of inferiority, but not, not anymore. We're tired of living with the frogs, God. 
Today is the day we're going to step up and claim our identity and who you say we are, that we are sons and daughters of you, that you are proud of us, you are well pleased with us, and you've called us to something greater. Today's the day. And we know that because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. We can look at the sacrifice that you made for us and see how much you love us. That you laid down your life for us, not so we could live with the frogs, but so we could live in freedom. That's what we want. That's what we're committing to do today, to step forward and take hold of that freedom. And we're not putting it off till tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen.